Welcome back to the Aging Project Podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Craft, and together, my friends, we're on a mission to age well, bloody well, if I'm being honest. Let's be real, though. We all need guidance when it comes to aging well, and that's why we've gathered the best possible support team for us. No topic is off limits, and I promise to ask all the right questions, your questions. Before we dive in, don't forget to join our growing community of women from around the world. Sign up at theagingproject.com.au and become part of the Aging Project community. You'll gain access to our treasure trove of podcast episodes, our free five-day morning challenge, and did you know we now have an online store called You Must Try It? It includes products we've discovered from our podcast guests and community. Think low-tox skincare, low-tox makeup, supplements, and more. You'll only find products we've tried, tested, and we love at youmusttryit.com. Are you ready to begin today's episode? All righty, let's do it. We have a picture of aging and, and healthcare on the basis of our own experience, like in my case for the last 51 years mm-hmm. when I'm alive. But it's, I mean, it's going to change. And so many things change within our lifespan already. And this is the other thing which is set up for, for evolution. So I don't think we need to be scared. It's going to bring not only quantity, but a lot of quality to our life. That was today's guest, Sergey Young. Sergey is a longevity investor, and he's on a mission to impact the lives of millions of people via the Longevity Vision Fund he's created. His fund exists to invest in the very best innovation, science and technology companies that will help us live longer and healthier lives. So let's dive into the exciting future of longevity with Sergey Young, author of The Science and Technology of Growing Young. Here we are with you, Sergey Young, a man who is full of energy and vitality and youthfulness and passion. Um, it is wonderful to be able to speak to you today. Thank you, Shelley. Thanks, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Well, thank you. I've heard you say the future of aging is not about growing old. It's about growing young. Exactly. Uh, please explain. I love it. Yeah, look, um, we are in a very unique moment of time, uh, you know, if you look at the evolution of the humanity, first time in the whole history, we have an opportunity to reverse aging, to almost like if you want, we can say, you know, to grow young or um, to do age reversal. And and I think this is very important because so far the maximum that we can do was like lifestyle intervention. And lifestyle interventions are also important, like a diet, sleep, exercise, early diagnostic of um, killer diseases uh, or age-related diseases. And that's important, but it's like, you know, plus three, plus five, maximum plus plus seven years of your life. Um, but then, so we now are working, and this is what I call the near horizon of longevity innovations. We now are working and we're supporting development of uh, different technologies and scientific breakthroughs in the field of gene editing, gene therapy, organ regeneration and regenerative medicine overall, and what I call longevity in the field. So new class of drugs, which will help us to grow young rather than to become old. And, you know, we can talk a lot about this today. It is in the book called The Science and Technology of Growing Young, which I published uh, two years ago. It's a bestseller in so many countries. Um, 
But I'm very excited that in the next 5, 10, 15 years, we will have an opportunity to extend our lifespan and health span as well. So let's discuss that. It's very exciting. Well, let, let's go back to the beginning. Where did your interest in longevity come from? You are um, obviously a, a, an investor in longevity and an innovation leader in this area. But where did the passion start for you? Um, interesting question. So the unfortunate reality, 90% of people that I know and my own interest uh, in the world of health, longevity started with the personal health crisis. And uh, it's very unfortunate because the reality is majority of us need a huge wake-up call to start develop interest and take care of what we call our health. And uh, for me, it was literally uh, health crisis. Uh, it was not dramatic. You know, I'm alive. It was extremely high cholesterol level. Apparently, I have genetic predisposition for... Um, you know, relatively high cholesterol level. But at this time, I had a choice to take statins. This is a special class of drugs to decrease cholesterol every day for the rest of my life or, um, well, try to do something with that. And I realized that, first of all, you know, I, I was just asking, you know, what can I do? What can I do? And, and one of the doctors said, well, Sergey, you can write it down. Just change your diet, you know, um, use supplementation, like use supplements like omega-3, do exercise every day. And I'm like, okay, go ahead. What else? And and he <laughs> was like, that's it. And I couldn't believe my ears because mm-hmm. we, we, you know, I think all of us were grown on the premise that you need, like, if you are sick, you need a drug. And uh, apparently what I've discovered that this whole human body-mind connection the opportunity to heal ourselves, you know, from some of the diseases. I'm not saying that, you know, you can heal yourself um, based on natural sources uh, from everything. But like some of the things that literally you can actually modify in terms of health of your body. And um, I literally changed substantially my diet, my exercise routine, you know, <laughs> consume and still consume a lot of omega-3 and vitamin D, and my cholesterol went down by 20-25%. I was literally shocked because mm-hmm. I thought the, you know, the pills like a medicine, the drugs mm-hmm. uh, uh, is the answer to everything, but it's not. And this is where the interest... You didn't think it was going to be that easy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it was not easy like because every day you need to do completely different things, different from, you know, what you've done before. This time I was, I think I, I, I was 44. Right now I'm 51. So, um, and it was fascinating. So I thought, okay, wow, that's, uh, this is much more complex and, and, you know, I can do a lot with this. So is there a technology or are there technologies that I can support by investing to bring affordable and accessible version and, and, uh, you know, of longevity mm-hmm. and, and health care to the world. And, um, and it's a little bit like with crypto, you can like, read the articles or you can buy Bitcoin. So I thought I'm just going to buy my Bitcoin and uh, learn my lessons, success and failures um, through um, kind of putting some skin in the game. So I set up the fund called Longevity Vision Fund. It, it's working in the U.S. mainly because U.S. is the largest and unfortunately the most inefficient healthcare system in the world. 
so we invested in, a, in, in the course of the last five years, we invested $100 million in 18 different companies in different fields, like um, use of artificial intelligence for drug discovery, because you know, discovering a drug is extremely expensive process. It's, it's two and a half, three billion dollars. It's twelve years, so you need to have to, you need to use artificial intelligence in addition to human intelligence to disrupt and 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 um, you know um, minimize this process. Or we use AI or different technologies for early diagnostic of cancer. We invest in gene editing, gene therapy, uh, organ regeneration, some. Um, uh, diagnostic devices, which would decrease the cost of diagnostic by you know, 10, 20, 50, not percent times. And you know, my life has changed. Last you know, five years was the most rewarding years of uh, my life. And you can believe I saved so many lives. I'm not a doctor, but I had an opportunity to push um, everyone you know, in my network to uh, do medical screening. And it was always... Uh, one story, early stage cancer discovered because it was discovered mm -hmm. at early stage by the means of technology like, you know, today's MRI machines, it, it, it's a miracle. They can detect mm -hmm. early stage cancer in 94% of cases. And, you know, because it was early stage cancer, people uh, went through treatment, fully recovered. Recovery rates from early stage cancer, cancer, which... Uh, been found in the early stages, 90 to 100 percent today. So, you know, people call me up, say, "Sergey, you saved my life," and I'm like, "Oh, this is great. That's exactly why I was born, and this is my mission on earth." And bringing it to the masses, obviously, the, these scan machines are, are something that most of us look to for the future. I should be calling you a futurist, but they are here, and it is available to everyone and obviously year in and year out that is getting cheaper and more accessible for everyone. So what does it do? It actually, I've heard of, of Dector scans before. I think this scans your entire body and it can actually identify cancer cells. Two points that you raised and they both are equally important. So number one, we are at LVF. We're working on affordable and accessible version of healthcare. I'm not interested to develop something or support development of something which would cost millions of dollars or pounds and um, will be available on, only to the few uh, rich people on, on earth. So we always look into the opportunities to democratize access to healthcare. Like if you want to talk about my idealistic dream, I actually think, you know, all healthcare should be science and, you know, based technology driven and should be offered for free to everyone uh, around the world, you know, obviously there are a number of costs associated with this, but they should be, you know, they should decrease to me to minimal, um, given where technology is going today. So that's, that's, uh, kind of one. I remember first time or first month when I just went to this world, the world of health and longevity, I was, I would always like ask someone, well, tell me one thing, like, what is this miracle diagnostic machine or, you know, what is this magic analysis that I need to do? Or what is this magical treatment? And apparently, what I've discovered, human biology is probably one of the most complex thing in the whole world. That's why, think about this. So far in the history of humanity, we haven't been able to discover answer to aging, either with the, with the help mm -hmm. of God or, you know, scientists or mother nature through evolution. 
So finally, in the first time in the history of humanity, we have something which can match the complexity of human biology. It's artificial intelligence. So that's why we see a lot of progress in so many dimensions. So then it's not going to be one machine or one magic um, diagnostic tool that I would recommend you today. But like my face, so keep in mind that this is just one of many that you need to do through your annual medical screening. But like my favorite one is full, full body MRI. Because MRI uh, machines today, um, they call them three Tesla MRI. This is the most powerful machines available to the general public. Um, can yeah, do a scan of your body. Uh, it's very granular. It can detect early stage cancer, as I said, in like 94, 98% of cases, simply because the artificial intelligence network, uh, neural network within this machine has been trained on millions and millions of scans. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and if you give the same scan to the human radiologist, um, he or she working under pressure, which unfortunately is reality for today's, uh, people of this profession, uh, because it's early stage cancer, it's like really difficult to like, you know, see this spot on the scan. They will be able to discover that with, uh, I think 35% probability at early stage, later stage, it's the, you know, it's the picture is completely different, but actually what you want to do is to combine AI and human radiologists and try to discover cancer at early stage. So um, I, I always say the most important day of your life every year is not your birthday anymore. It's a day of your medical screening. So I would like to encourage everyone in the audience, you know, make sure that they have an opportunity to access you know, whatever they can in terms of doing their annual screening. Because, you know, after the age of 40, 45, the aging clock starts to tick inside our bodies. And that's actually what we want to reverse. So aging processes start and then our chances to die from what I call four age-related diseases or killer diseases are more than 90%. And these are cancer, heart disease, diabetes and metabolic diseases and neurogenerative diseases as well. So going through comprehensive uh, screening is an opportunity to prevent these diseases. And as I said, like in, in some of the cancer types, uh, recovery rates are from 90 to 100%. And that's amazing. It was not always the case. I don't know. I mean, you look very young. When I was, you know, a boy, uh, knowing that someone has a cancer was like a kiss of death. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. that this person would die in the next six to 12 months. And it, this is not the case anymore. We just need to understand that and invest uh, a little bit of um, time and resources into that. Then majority of countries where I speak and where we invest has a good healthcare insurance system, which would actually cover a uh, huge part of your medical screening. You just need to consult with your provider or you, with your doctor. But even if not, uh, people are like, well, Sergey, what kind of um, medical screening do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm paying for the program $5,000 uh, a year. And they're like, oh my God, I mean, this is so expensive. And I'm like, go home and calculate how much money you spend on your car every year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, the reality, the unfortunate reality is that we spend on our cars more than we spend on the most important things, you know, in our life, our body and our mind. 
A quick pause in today's episode to share some of my must-try products at youmusttryit.com. Through the Aging Project, I've learned managing stress is something to be intentional about, which is why over at youmusttryit.com, we've created a stress and sleep page with all of our favorite products. After today's episode, go check out the Shakti mat. This is an acupressure mat with over 6,000 spikes. Yes, I swear by it, as do so many of our customers. Even previous guest, Dr. Peter Wright from the Vera Wellness Clinic said, I love this mat, Shelley. Thank you. It is my pleasure, Dr. Peter. <laughs> to grab yours, just go to youmusttryit.com and type Shakti. That's S-H-A-K-T-I. You'll also find essential oils, supplements and organic teas, all designed to reduce stress and aid sleep. Trust me, all are a must-try. Just go to youmusttryit.com for a 10% discount off your first order and to join our community. The good news is we also ship internationally. Yes, we do. Alrighty, back to the show. I've just turned 47 and it is for me, it's one of those things that I am celebrating each birthday rather than now being, you know, paranoid about how many candles are on my cake. Um, I'm quite excited about it. And as I said, 120 is my goal, but I think that would scare a lot of people. Does everyone want to live forever? Are we talking immortality here or are we just talking um, a healthy life? until the end, whatever that may be. And, and, and do, will that come? So many important questions. Thanks for that. So first of all, yeah, I mean, this is exciting. I have the whole chapter on morality of immortality. It's actually called morality of immortality in the book. It's called the science and technology of uh, growing young. Um, well, so many thoughts. So first of all, let's talk about there are some radical things that call immortality. Knowing what I know, remember, I'm not a biotech guy. I'm not a doctor, right? I'm not human biologist. I'm just investing. I'm, we're looking at 200 companies a year to invest in five of them. So this is enormous You just You just love the flow. idea of, yeah. of living as long, long as you want. So <laughs> knowing what I know from looking at these 200 different companies a year in the field of longevity, I can tell you that it's very, well, it's unlikely that we're going to reach immortality at all. So how this whole thing will work, every five to 10 years, you would need to make a decision whether you extend in your life or not. So this is very important. There's, there's just a lot of optionality for all of us. You know, whether you think you completed your agenda in life or, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you're happy to go to the other world or you have something to work on or enjoy in this world, and then you can extend your life. So I, I think this, this, this whole notion of choice is extremely important. And well, and think about the societal and ethical implication of that, because in, in so many societies and cultures today, your decision not to extend your life would be considered a suicide. So, you know, I don't want to go to the, uh, I, I did a, tep, a separate TEDx talk on morality of immortality. The ethical issues are important. So first of all, it's not going to be immortality. Don't be scared. It's going to be your decision, like, you know, what kind of number of years you want to add to your life. So this is number one. Number two, I, you know, I, and I just, let me be a little bit more radical than I should. Like, in majority of cases, I feel like I'm working for other generations not for our generation. 
because the speed of change, the importance and potential risks of technologies that we're developing actually requires a lot of testing, a lot of approvals, a lot of regulatory changes and society to be ready to accept that. So like, I think in 20 years, we'll have completely different means for life extension. But then would we have a society and regulators and the government would, who would support that? I'm not sure. So don't be scared. We might peacefully die in the age of 80 or 100 years, and then it's our kids and grandkids who will enjoy all these benefits. It does not matter for me because this is my mission and passion of life. So, but like, you know, changing the life and approach to lifespan and health span for 8 billion people is a huge job. And statistically, it will go through decades and centuries. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But again... Yeah, but it, it is your life mission. And I'm glad to see that it's not aging you. It's not draining you. It's exciting it you and, and invigorating it you. And it, and it does sound a little bit scary when you say, you know, it will be our choice. But if you think about it, we have actually doubled our lifespan in the last 100 years, haven't we? Like the average, you know, lifespan was around 40, 45, and now we're around 80. So to think that you're going to add an extra even 20 years onto that in the next 20 years isn't really that dramatic. And that's just by, as you say, those living well. Absolutely, yeah. Enjoying your life and enjoying the technology. But also think about this. Like so far, what we have been doing is slowing down aging. And, and we are living today in the context of longevity revolution. And, and the definition of revolution for me, rather than slowing down aging, we're going to reverse aging. And this is amazing. Like we have a, we have a picture of aging and, and healthcare on the basis of our own experience, like in my case for the last 51 years mm -hmm. when I'm alive. But it's, I mean, it's going to change. And so many things change within our lifespan already. And this is the other thing which is set up for, for evolution. So I don't think we need to be scared. It's going to bring not only quantity, but a lot of quality to our lives. And uh, in all aspects of our life, we're going to see a lot of positive changes. So I'm like, you know, very optimistic about this whole thing. I'm also like, <laughs> I'm actually super happy, not only about that, but also on affordability and accessibility aspect. Like, think about like, like we invested in early cancer diagnostic tests. They, they, they now can do diagnostic of eight different cancer types on the basis of our blood test. You don't need to go through the torture of colonoscopy, gastroscopy, etc. Actually, you do like, as a second stage to probe, like if the initial mm -hmm. test was right, it costs like $200. You can do a blood test every quarter and see if you have a mm -hmm. exceptional risk of having early stage cancer. I mean, this is like $200. This is and amazing. that's got to be yeah. worth it, doesn't Absolutely. it? That's got to like be worth colon it. Like colonoscopy yes. in the US, I think anywhere between $1.5 and $2.5,000, you know, done every five years. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's completely different degree of um, um, inconvenience and expensiveness. Uh, so then we do, we support the company which invests into uh, and develop um, uh, ultrasound diagnostic devices. It looks like smart. It's, in fact, it, it actually looks like a shaver for man. Uh, and and this device costs two thousand dollars. The Device, ultrasound device in the hospital next door will very likely to cost hundred to two hundred thousand dollars. So there's mm -hmm. disruption of mm -hmm. like factor of fifty, and you can send these devices to Africa, to India, to you know, to 
any underserved community and everything. You don't actually need to be like a medical professional to use this device. You can do a scan and emergency situation. Everything will go to cloud. Artificial intelligence will pre-analyze that and give a preliminary answer to the human doctor or nurse. This is oh, an amazing. Goodness. And then we, we, we invested three years ago, we invested in liver uh, organ generation technology. I can talk more about this if we have time. But rather than going through liver transplantation surgery, which is today $800,000 in the U.S., and the cost of this is increasingly uh, is increasing you know, every year, and there are 117,000 people in the U.S. only are on the waiting list for donor organs, not only liver, kidneys are the, the you know, most uh, organ uh, in demand. Um, yeah, uh, this will, the, like technology that these guys are developing, it's a company called Lygenesis, they're based in Pittsburgh. From one donor liver, they will be able to help 50 to 70 patients with a terminal liver disease. And, uh, and uh, the cost of it's going to be anywhere between 20 and uh, $30,000. So this is 25, 30 times disruption, a decrease against the uh, current practice and the cost of current intervention. So I'm like super happy about the affordability and accessibility aspect of our work. So this, this is by what grafting human material, grafting livers or growing, growing livers. Yeah, let me explain in a very simple terms. It's obviously reality is a little bit more complex. Um, so you take donor liver, you split it in 50 to 70 pieces. And this is your like a nucleus for the new liver in human body. They put it in the lymph node and they use stem mm -hmm. cells to stimulate the growth of the liver. So in the course of three to six months, your body develops the new liver. In fact, actually, it looks like a tree of the livers, mini livers mm -hmm. inside mm -hmm. your lymph node. And this, uh, you know, additional liver inside your body takes up the functionality from and functioning uh, liver. And it's been amazing. Oh, and because it's your body regrowing the new liver, your autoimmune rejection, which is the biggest problem in yes. organ transplantation, 50%, more than 50% of the organs got rejected by human immune system because your body thinks it's, it's foreign organ, which mm -hmm. it is. So people use expensive and very damaging immunosuppressant. You need to switch off your immune system, which actually opens up the... Pandora box of yes. a lot of yeah, different problems, yeah, like yes. cancer, uh, etc. So, uh, so, and this is when we invested. This company done this only on mice. In the last three years, they done it with dogs, pigs, uh, primates, and they now finalized recruitment of first ten people with a terminal liver disease in the U.S. They got FDA approval for human trial last year. Isn't it amazing? That and is these people were about to die because terminal liver disease is like super serious. It's very mm -hmm. difficult to survive. So I'm happy about this. Oh, I can see how excited you are about that. And again, we're talking about this amazing collaboration between obviously philanthropists, um, investors, scientists, entrepreneurs, hopefully policymakers and governments are involved in there as well because there is always those boundaries that, that could be crossed. But it must be thrilling for you to be on the front line of all these new technologies and, and innovations. Yeah, absolutely. Look, this is amazing. As I said, this is the most rewarding part of my life. When I, like, I'm from the poor family from, yeah, people say, you know, that they are from the middle of nowhere. I'm like from the end of nowhere, okay? A small you know, town on the shores of uh, Pacific Ocean right across California. 
um, in the former USSR. And like from early childhood, like I had to work or I didn't have a passion. Like my friends would go like to forests or, you know, to do fishing, collect postal stamps. And I would like, okay, well, this is probably interesting, but not exciting. And I was so happy when I discovered my passion through the personal health crisis. Again, not so dramatic, you know, uh, seven, eight years ago. And uh, this is an opportunity to share the best of what I have with the world. Having said that, it's a huge effort and it's huge undertaking. And I'm just a small enabler of all of this. But it is wonderful you're out there actually sharing the world because a lot of this stuff happens behind closed doors or behind labs that that the average person doesn't get to hear about this amazing technology. Yeah, we all live in our boxes, right, doing our own stuff. And I'm like, when I saw this thing, you know, first time, I'm like, oh, this is exciting. We need to give it hope and, and desire to live more to so many people. I mean, that's why I wrote the book. And, and um, you know, for everyone who were who working in the book industry, you'll never make money on the book. And like, and they were like, Sergey, I mean, like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, every book sold is an opportunity to change mindset of uh, the person. Mm-hmm. And this is great. So, uh, you know, my impact measure, KPI, is how many mindsets I can change, how many people would take back control of their own health and health agenda and push themselves to do positive lifestyle changes, you know, work more with healthcare system, make friends with doctors, understand how their body work, what they can do, what cannot do today, and stay on this longevity bridge because if you stay on this in a healthy and happy state for the next five to 10 years, your opportunities, your optionality to influence your health span, to age backwards, uh, to be young, healthy and happy will increase exponentially. We've just launched something new over at theagingproject.com.au and we would love you to join our free five-day morning challenge. One thing I've learned here at the Aging Project podcast is that aging well comes down to you and me and the hundreds of tiny decisions we make every single day. And those decisions start the moment we wake up. So let's reboot our mornings today. Over the five days, we'll delve into the power of gratitude, the joy of journaling, the energizing effects of music, the importance of hydration, and the art of self-care. Just go to theagingproject.com.au and I'll see you there. It really does come down to us and the personal choices that we make to take control of our own health span and lifespan, um, knowing that these advances are going to be available to us in the not too distant future, I think is something to look forward to and not be scared of. But it's the day to day. We've got to get there. Um, we've got to live long enough for this technology to actually <laughs> be able to make a difference to us. And that is, as you say, as you said in the beginning, it's diet, it's sleep, it's exercise, and they are possibly um, the best medicines literally that we can be giving ourselves every day so fascinated by the work of um, her name is dr cara fitzgerald Um, she's a good friend and um, i think she's published the book called younger you and what she's done is she took a group of um, males um, and in the course of eight weeks she managed to reverse their biological age this is your age measured by your kind of blood test in mm-hmm. very simple terms uh by minus 3.2 years think about this 
eight oh. weeks minus 3.2 years. And you know what are you know what are the magic tools that she used? Sleep, exercise, and diet changes. That's it. Okay, and I'm like, Cara, you know, what about females? <laughs> so she's complete. She just completed the study. I think it was published earlier this year, the academic research paper uh, for a group of females. I think they reached 4.5 uh, years. Wow. Yeah. You know, Backward aging again, knocking knocking weeks. four and a half years off your life just yeah, in eight weeks. In eight weeks, yeah, just, just doing right being things. Good to yourself. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, there's a separate that chapter in amazing. my book. Yeah, called "Who Wants to Live Forever," and it, it is about your hey. ten longevity choices. <laughs> yes, <laughs> wants to live forever. <laughs> I so, do. <laughs> um, ten longevity choices that you can do today, not tomorrow. Today. And um, uh, and this chapter is twice as long as any other chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. So the book is, all about, is about science, it's about technology, but I also wanted to share at least 30 pages of very practical advice of what can be done today. In the very simple terms, these are the five things. And we discussed you know, so many of this already. One is medical screening. And when I have 30 seconds, this is like the only thing I talk about. So medical screening every year. Uh, second is you know responsible behavior. Don't die stupid. Like smoking is is a cancer lottery. Lottery. It's like minus ten years from your life statistically. Wearing the seat belts. Not driving motorcycle because you know this is seventeen times more mortal than uh, driving the car, uh, etc. So I, you know I don't want to sound like a. <laughs> Uh, like a grandma, but still. So diet is extremely important. There's a lot of disagreement of what actually extends your life, but like decrease of your calorie can take, literally consuming less food by a number of means, you know, taking out the sugar, uh, replacing some of the animal protein with vegetables, etc. Uh, uh, you know, drinking a lot of water and therefore consuming less food, fasting, etc. Decreasing your calorie can take by 15 to 20% would definitely add, you know, three to five years to your life. Um, Which isn't that four, hard, is it? You know, these things, yeah. as you say, I love your don't live stupidly. I think that puts it perfectly. It's just <laughs> for obviously not yes. doing the things that are going to put you in danger, but you don't sure. really think about if I just skip a meal, that's actually doing me so much good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like, in fact, we, I mean, in reality, so many of us are either morning persons or, or evening persons. So, like, for me, skipping the breakfast is, like, no big deal at all. So, my, mm-hmm. you know, first, you know, meal going to be around 12.30, 1, 1.30 p.m. during the day. And I, like, you know, I don't care, really. So, it's just listening to yourself and, you know, changing your routine according to that. Number four is exercise. And and we have this view of exercise. I would either like need to run a marathon, or I just you know sitting at my home and watching you know soccer on my TV screen. No, it's not. There's something in between. Like ten thousand steps a day, you can measure by you know different gadgets. You know Apple Watch actually. You know you can wear whatever watch you you want. I'm not advertising Apple, but they have very cool gamification. Um, kind of shields and prizes if you complete your daily uh, routine or <laughs> exercise and um, number of steps a day. This is bloody amazing. When I actually started, and I'm a relatively healthy and disciplined person, when I switched to Apple Watch and it's um, Apple Health, 
and started to collect different badges for completing different yeah. challenges. <laughs> my, literally, my level of um, physical activity uh, increased by 40%, for zero. Yes. It's just having, oh I goodness. mean, we're, we're all re- reward-driven people, right? Some of Absolutely. us are uh, driven by food rewards. Some are driven by little badges on your watch. Um, but everything that gives you that little rush of I'm doing something good, and if you can get addicted to that, I think that's when you're on a winner. But, again, if you're talking about technology, I mean, who would have thought even – 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that we would have a device that we could wear on our wrist or hold in our hand that would tell us what our heartbeat was, what our cholesterol was, how many steps we have done. I mean, that is sci-fi and we're living it now. Absolutely. I agree with you. I agree. So number four is exercise and number five is is about the importance of uh, mental health and I call it uh, peace of mind. It, It is sleep. It's having sense of purpose, you know, sharing the best of you uh, with the world, uh, meditation, you know, all of this thing. And, uh, you know, some, in majority of cases, when we talk about health, we tend to talk about physical health and mental health is important. That's why one of the parts uh, in the book called Think and Grow Young. Mm-hmm. And it is about the importance of psychological aspects of aging. Yeah, I mean, actually, like, the easiest way to decrease your biological age to, is to think think that you are much younger than you are just like put your like i'm 51 so my target psychological age is like 25 so if you think about yourself consistently uh, as someone who is 25 years young or you old uh, your body will respond and oh, I, don't, uh, I don't know if i'd want to go back to 25 crazy, Sergey. I, like, i don't know if i'd pick 20 i don't think i was at my smartest at 25 i think i'd probably get a 35 <laughs> 25, yeah, it wasn't my greatest year, I can tell you now. <laughs> but that idea of just a mindset, isn't it? It's really talking yourself into it. But you're right. Like when I think, so you think about this in like 10, 20, 30 years from now, it's going to be us who's going to define our target age. And right now I'm defining my target age for my dream, for my mindset conditioning. But like in the future, you're literally going to arrive biologically with your body and mind to that age, okay? And I was just thinking, like, what kind of age people would would kind of would um, define as a target? And I arrive with, I mean, it's pretty broad uh, period between twenty five and forty five years. But uh, it's just an interest, interesting exercise. Like, if I would have an opportunity to come back in time and be, you know, thirty five years old or twenty five years old or 45 years old, what would I choose? Like, I still don't know, but like, it's even exciting and interesting, you know, psychological exercise to go through these thoughts and, and, you know, think about your life. Absolutely. Look, we often talk here at The Aging Project about what would your 20-year-old self uh, want to tell you now as far as get out of bed, go for a walk, you know, if I want to be able to lift up my grandkids above my head, I've got to start that work now. Um, but it's interesting to think if I can talk myself into being younger, yeah, where does that, where are those lines now? If I say, right, you know, physically, well, chronologically, I'm 47. Physically, I don't know, I should get this test done, what my biological age is, uh, but then what my mental age is. So you can have three different things yeah, working for yeah, you. Yeah, we're going to have so many different ages, you couldn't even believe it. So what you've obviously done these tests for yourself, Sergey. Would you mind sharing uh, your results? You, you said you were fifty-one. 
Yeah, so I'm 51. Uh, biologically, I'm 43. And um, by, by, uh, yeah, it's okay. I mean, you can do Remember, you know, Cara Fitzgerald and her work, uh, work. And I'm using her as, only as an example. There's so many people all around the world doing exactly the, thing, the same things. Like eight weeks, minus three years for, for men and minus four and a half years for women. Like eight bloody weeks. Yeah. Yeah. We so, can all okay, stick to so, that, surely. Yes. Yes. I would actually be at somewhere around 37 biologically, but I decided not to take statins so far. Yeah. Well, let's see how my view on that will change in the future. Um, and that's it. Because if I would not have this relatively high cholesterol level, that I'm, I'm not using the medicine to decrease it unnecessarily. Yeah. I would go to like 37, 38, um, territory but for me it's, it's not a number uh for me I, I think the whole notion of different living of living healthy happy is uh is as important as a side effect or even main effect of uh all of this so then you would have your psychological age like when people ask you like you what kind of age you think you are now uh, uh yeah i would probably think around 40. And then obviously you need to have your target psychological age because like to, to arrive at 40, you need to think something radically different. So that's why I'm thinking 25. And let's see how body responds to that. But, I'll, you know, I'll never be 25 with just the power of my thoughts and power of lifestyle. But I, I obviously, you know, I, I will have an opportunity to be 25. Well, I'll probably choose 35, 45 this period of my life. Um, when we can define our biological age and arrive to that and, and go through age reversal um, in the nearest future. So for now, though, you use that as a as a mantra, do you? Do you sort of? Yes, yes. Every morning I wake up and I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like repeating that, you know, I want to live to 200 healthy and happy years in the body of 25 years old man. And your body responds to that. I mean, look, I'm typical placebo man. So 30 to 40% of the effect of every supplements, and I actually believe of every, you know, medicine or the drug is actually placebo. I'm really receptive to that. So if I think, you know, um, something is working, then it's working for me. And uh, I remember people would always ask me like, Sergey, what do you think about supplements? Like, do they work? And I'm like, I mean, if you believe in it, <laughs> it's definitely work. And number of in every country you can find a company or the pharmacy it's called placebo pharmacy it has you know it, 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 the only product that is placebo with just a different labels on uh, um on what on like on the bottles right and even if you know that this is placebo it still works yep i'm a huge manifester it's amazing Sergey, yeah, I have absolutely. to say, I just, if I believe, I will receive. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's kind of, I tell my girls that about Christmas. They're getting a little bit old uh, for Christmas these days. And I say, if you don't believe, you don't receive. But uh, <laughs> you, you have to, don't you? It's all about, again, just a positive outlook I on agree. life. And I know I that's agree. not possible every single day and, and we all have our moments. But those moments of gratitude in the morning um, before you even really wake up, you know, I do it sort of before I even open my eyes, okay, this is going to be a good day. And I'm going to add to that because I feel 25. <laughs> um, that will be my new mantra, gratitude, you know, journaling in the morning. 
Absolutely. So do you take uh, supplements, even if they are just for the placebo effect, you know? Yes, I do. So if you go to sergeyyang.com or to uh, on Instagram, which is sergeyyang200, 200 means, you know, I want to live to 200, which is completely crazy and impossible in today's environment. Hang in there, Sergey. Hang in there. So, uh, yeah, I have an infographic there called 10 longevity supplements, but in a very rough terms, um, on what I do every day is omega-3 because I think it's very powerful for decreasing cholesterol, bringing a lot of health benefits to your body. I've seen a lot of uh, studies to support that. I'm actually taking relatively exp- expensive version of omega-3 because you want to take it from a good source. Um, and uh, the one that I take, they actually... Yeah, I think they take sardines uh, uh, somewhere in Scandinavia from natural fish, from wild fish, uh, and they do they take out the mercury from omega three, so that's important. And that is number one. Number two, we are majority of us are vitamin D uh, deficient, so I take vitamin D. You need to have your own dose, so please consult with your uh, healthcare yeah. practitioner. Um, uh, vitamin D, uh, excessive consumption of vitamin can be toxic, and it's one of the rare vitamins. Uh, it's actually a hormone uh, which can be toxic. So you just like I'm measuring my level of vitamin D every quarter uh, to make sure I'm like in the middle of the range. Uh, and the rest, I, I, I literally like uh, you know I really like Mother Nature, and I believe in power of herbs. Like the only actually reason herbs are not sold as a drugs that you cannot patent, that you cannot, you know, build intellectual property around, that you couldn't protect. That's why big pharma are underutilizing mm-hmm. the power of different herbs and, and natural materials. But um, this is all commercial and regulatory stuff. So that's why, you know, for the liver, you know, I take milk, thistle as well. But what I actually do, I'm like, I'm going to the pharmacy, to this beautiful world of supplements. I'm just going through different things, like Googling what, they can do for your body and taking some of them and again you know even if this is placebo effect you're going to get 30 to 40 percent effect anyway i know you also do a lot of wellness routines whether it be meditation uh breath work i did see somewhere that you have a bed of nails is that correct oh my goodness yeah this is crazy yeah uh, yes, I've done that. This is very old, you know, Indian, Tibetan practice. Yeah, like you, you're literally standing on the bed of nails. Like the maximum I've done was 50 minutes, but it's super oh my painful. Goodness. Like yeah, from the outside, you look and it's like, okay, I can do it. Specifically, I mean, if you use like a lighter version of this from the plastic, then you use to massage your neck. And I was like, when someone showed me first time, I was like, I've done a lot in my life. You know, I should try it. But like, for the first three years, I, I was actually, I tried to do it myself, but the maximum I've done was somewhere around 25, 30 seconds. <sighs> Literally. I, it was so painful there. So, but it's, 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 um, it's amazing spiritual and uh, meditation exercise. So literally what I've done, I've, I, I Google, uh, I found the guide. Um, he lives on, you know, in Bali, in Indonesia. And, and we spent like two hours on Zoom and he helped me to go through. So in the end, like if you overcome the first five minutes of the pain and there are a number of techniques, like because, I mean, if you focus on the pain, you're going to feel pain. So you just need to, your mind, you need to go somewhere 
on completely different level. So if you've done five minutes, then you basically can you know stay on uh, bed of nails for as long oh as you goodness. want. So that's why when I you know uh, went from this uh, in fifty minutes, I can do more, but it was just it didn't make any <laughs> sense. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm I, glad I, you I, realized that. I, I like to test <laughs> this kind of things. Yeah, I'm sending absolutely. you a gift from Australia. This is called a Shakti mat, and it is. It is I love a plastic it. version, not quite nails, but I can tell you, I, it feels like I'm lying on a bed of nails, but you can roll it up. It's good for traveling. And I will send you this little beauty so you can lie on your own little bed of nails anytime you like. <laughs> I love it. By the way, I, I really love it. It's a, it's yeah. a very cool yeah, idea. I, I have plenty of different. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> this is great. But I, I don't. I have like a smaller versions of that, but I never had something which would cover my whole oh, back. This is Sergey coming you. your way. <laughs> so I cannot thank you enough for joining us here at the Aging Project. There is so much that we can take away from this conversation. Obviously, what is to come in our not too distant future? The excitement of not only growing older but reducing our age and perhaps even growing younger. Um, your book is is readily available and easily digestible it is a great read um so thank you so much for sharing that with us too i hope you've got another book coming out in the not too distant future there's a there's a uh, lot going on up here that we need uh, to put yes. on paper two and a half years <laughs> from now yeah absolutely thanks really thanks to everyone all around the world and in particular to my australian audience you know like many people on earth we have a passion for australia it's beautiful people and uh, I want, you know, all of you to stay healthy. And well, happy. that's it. Make sure you do follow Sergey. Sergey Young 200 on Instagram or SergeyYoung.com. A, a lot of fabulous content there for you to deep dive into. And, of course, an author of the fabulous book. Um, so, Sergey, thank you so much for your time. We look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, my friends, I hope you enjoyed deep diving into the future with Sergey Young. I do love sharing my takeaways with you from the interviews that I've had, and I've learned one of the best ways to remember these things is to repeat what you've heard. So here are my takeaways. Each year around your birthday, celebrate your health and get your routine checks done. That way you will never skip a year. Now, I've been doing this for years and I must say, although it's not thrilling to line up for a pap on your birthday, um, at least I have never missed one. So do that for your those and your skincare as well. Um, I loved Sergey's morning mantra. I'm going to try this and I love the sound of I will live 120 years healthy and happy years. What a great mantra that is. I will live 120 healthy and happy years. That is something I'm definitely going to manifest. Sergey spoke about the published work of Dr. Cara Fitzgerald, who in eight weeks reversed the biological age of both men and women by three to four years. Now, this is amazing stuff. She did this with sleep, diet and exercise. Suffice to say, Cara is now on the top of our list of people we would love to interview. And lastly, Sergey mentioned uh, supplements, including omega-3s, vitamin D and others. And we would love to help you source the brands that we have researched over at youmusttryit.com. Wasn't Sergey energetic, passionate, infectious. He's living his purpose and his passion and he's committed to making aging well accessible to everyone. And I love 
that. For those of you looking to connect with Sergey, go to Sergey Young, S-E-R-G-E-Y, young.com. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Shelley Craft. And don't forget, aging well starts now. So here's to you making some great choices this week. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. As always, the Aging Project podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. Always seek medical advice from a qualified practitioner.